0: Welcome to the PowerShell News Podcast. This is your host, Harjit Dalwal. And this is the co-host, Mick Pletcher. Hey, Harjit, how's the day going? Uh, not too bad, not too bad. Uh, start of the week, Monday. Not that people know what day we record, but yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, it's been busy, but we're still uh, we are doing a special show today to introduce a couple of uh, real cool guys in the PowerShell industry, right? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I was
1: at the uh, PowerShell Saturday conference in Chattanooga and um, met up with them there.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I think uh, let's let's dive right in. Let's bring them on. Um, so with us today, we have Mike Kanekos and Phil Bossman from, I believe both of you are from Raleigh, North Carolina, right? Welcome, guys.
2: Hey, Thanks. pleasure to meet you guys. Yeah, it's great to be here.
0: Yeah. So yeah. why don't you guys uh, do a brief introduction for for our listeners and who you are, what you what do you do,
2: and stuff like that. Hey, Phil, you want to start? You can take a sure.
3: Look. Well, um, I've, I'm a uh, end user computing engineer and architect um, working in the end user compute space. What that means is, I work with uh, Citrix and VMware and um, AD and Windows as a whole, uh, delivering applications to end users overall. We're here talking about PowerShell, so but uh, I've been using PowerShell for many, many years. Um, I started using PowerShell when V2 just came out and uh, discovered the magic and the power of the PowerShell. And so I've been using it ever since then. When I actually moved to North Carolina, I um, got involved with the Research Triangle PowerShell user group. And then since then took it over until uh, Mike and a couple other guys uh, kind of uh, helped out with it. So now Mike helps with it and kind of, so we kind of co-lead it and go from that I'm also now um, gonna write a chapter in uh, the PowerShell Conference uh, book, so I'm super excited about that. And I just really enjoy uh, sharing uh, PowerShell with you know others around them, and I really enjoy mentoring others and showing them the you know the power of the shell, as I call it. Nice. Ahead, and I am uh, my name is Mike Kanakis, and uh, I am a <laughs>
2: transplanted New Yorker, moved down to Raleigh about four years ago. I'm a sysadmin and AD engineer, and PowerShell for me has sort of been like a second coming of my career. Probably about five years ago, I had started to sort of burn out and not have interest in the way I was doing things and even contemplated maybe doing something else in the IT field and sort of got bit with the PowerShell, uh, PowerShell bug and automation as a whole. I didn't grow up in my career as a as a scripter or at the command line, so it was sort of new to me. And um, I was lucky enough to meet Phil and the guys that ran the group about two years ago. And since then, I've been uh, contributing to the group and helping them organize meetings as well as also getting the bug to contribute in the community a lot so i've been writing and i as well contributed to the conference book last year and again this year and then i just recently was uh, lucky enough to take a position with powershell.org to head up community engagement so I've been very active and it's it's been a fun run
0: oh that's awesome yeah and you you and i both have something in common with powershell.org we're both yes. uh, on that on the team of volunteers so it's it's really a a great feeling and an honor actually to be part of a, an amazing uh, organization like that. So, yeah, yeah. And, then,
2: and the interesting thing I would say about that is is that PowerShell.org is very in uh, very similar in the way that Phil and I run the the community group that we do the user group. Um, our group is simply about connecting with the PowerShell community locally and. Globally, honestly, we've we've enabled live streaming and we've had a huge influx of people from around the country and the, and the globe that are interested in the topics that we've been covering. And that's really what PowerShell.org is about is connecting the community and, and reaching out and getting people to talk about all things PowerShell. And that's that's if you asked us what our group is about, that is really what Phil and I have strived to do for the last two years and longer. If Phil has been doing it is really just find a way to talk about community community. Uh, PowerShell and what's going on with community members, nothing more than that, and 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 share the yeah. knowledge.
0: Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you about your group, and you summed it up pretty pretty uh, well. And I think you sold me. I didn't I, probably I didn't hear anything else. But, well, what I heard was live streaming, and that's really really <laughs> cool and really really important in today's in our today's world, right? So you see a lot of user groups, whether it's the Windows or System Center or PowerShell things like that. And this is something that had been pushing uh, Mick as well for his uh, user groups is that, you know, this day and age, you know, I think it's important to, yeah, you can have your local meetup and, you know, those that are in the area, you know, you'll, you'll have a few that'll show up and things like that. Nice to have the beer and pizza, but you also have other people around the globe that are really, really interested in the topics you're going to share and they're like, oh man, I wish I could be there, I wish I could be there, right? So using some really cool tools like Teams or something like that for streaming just makes it so much better.
1: It definitely yeah. does. I mean, that's one of the things that um, th- that you have the problem with. And of course, you know, PowerShell is so diverse. And like we've discussed here before, that when you get a uh, a group topic off on one set one part of PowerShell, then you lose a lot of participants. But if you're online, there's enough people around the world that you're not going to lose a drastic amount.
3: Well, I think right. one of the second things to talk about there is that one of the other advantages that we've kind of. Explored and it's been valuable to us is the fact that you know there are ways to you know then broadcast that beyond or at least make it available to others. So one of the things is all our meetings are um, anything we record. So effectively, it's not a real live stream. You're actually just joining a uh, a remote meeting, a remote meeting, and then we take those recordings and we just put them back onto YouTube. And so it's a really cheap media for them to broadcast it back out. So hey, if you don't want to go to a meeting talking about you know, exchange. Well, that's fine. But come back next month, and come back in two weeks, and you're going to see a topic on the topic you want. And you could even go back and hey, wasn't there a meeting on? And there right. it is. So if it doesn't meet your schedule now, we'll give it a couple of days, and you can go and watch that video on YouTube.
0: And 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 all this, the the links for your your meetups and uh, YouTube channels, stuff like that. That uh, the users can or anybody can find it from your RTP
3: sug.com, right? Yep. RTP Sug, and then um, also in yeah. YouTube and YouTube slash. You know, if you type RTP Sug in, in YouTube, you'll find us as well. Okay, great, excellent. So the
0: other thing that really intrigues me is that um, I know I know you guys sent us some notes, and uh, you, you you know you mentioned here that it's the largest PowerShell group in the U.S. with 1,200 members. That's mind blowing.
2: So, so, so yeah. the truth is, it's the largest PowerShell group in in the world, according to to Meetup. There are other groups that are bigger mm-hmm. than us, but they have a title that's something that reflects a little bit more broad, like DevOps or hate- automation or something like that. And when you look at the PowerShell groups that are listed on Meetup, and Meetup really is the way that most people are handling group mm-hmm. scheduling. There are some other groups that don't use that. But um, right now, if you look for PowerShell groups, we're, we're leading the pack there, and that's something we're very proud of. But the reason that we've had such explosive growth is simply because I think two things. You guys mentioned the live streaming. So mm-hmm. that's connected the world to places that have difficulty getting to local meetings. But very candidly, Phil and I have worked very hard to be as diverse as possible with our topics and inclusive of a range of skill levels. And, and that's something that I think that more groups can work on we've done a pretty good job with that but what you guys don't see like you guys were talking to us before we started the podcast about some of the behind the scenes stuff the same thing mm-hmm. with us i mean we meet we meet for lunch 2 to 3 times a month we talk about topics phil and i are getting sort of the credit here but there's four other people that help us produce this group and we really try to say what is happening in the community what do you guys think are interesting to talk about mm-hmm. and we we've really started going Off the beaten path with things like career development and how to work as a consultant and things that you just don't see in normal meetings. So soft
0: skills and things like that, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, they say that you know, soft skills are not really soft skills anymore. They are really just as valuable as you know a technical skill that you you need. You know, so Mm -hmm. more and more conferences and more and more user groups are incorporating that piece into their uh, events. Because it's really needed.
3: Yeah. and I think one of the other things that kind of Mike was alluding to is that we certainly get some feedback from the other part the other members who are coordinating with, uh, with the research group. but we one of the things we focus on very highly in each one of the meetings is to say that this is this user group is about you as the user is the people in the community and we ask them to be the community and say what do you want to see and we engage with the with uh, yeah. the attendees and say what is interesting to you and what do you want to see and i was you know, going to ask you so about it ranges that, all actually. around that
2: mm-hmm. yeah
0: i was going to ask you about that whether you know you take suggestions for you know topics and things like that of what people want or, or would like to learn about so that's 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 awesome um, yeah, and
3: we, so, we we actually do that directly. And that's one of the reasons, you know, a lot of people or some mm-hmm. people have said, man, the Research Triangle Group is huge. And they're doing two meetings a month. And the reason we're doing two meetings a month is that we did kind of like a poll and saying, hey, yeah. we can do this. And what do you want to see? And then it found out one. Well, they want to see so much. We can't fit it into a year. Like, oh, yeah, we can right. schedule this out. and Now now we're scheduling it out for October. And here we are in the middle of January going, well, let can we do two meetings a month well let's really do to evaluate and go well we can do it so we have our third wednesday of the month is our local meeting which was has always been on on our schedule and so okay. we do that meeting at 6:30 eastern so it starts at 6:30. we have kind of like uh, prep and we talk to everybody and then by seven the speaker starts on the third wednesday of the month and that's our local meeting everybody's get together that's where you get your you know your free food and, and drink and stuff like that and then we are able to say, hey, you know what, on the first Wednesday, we're going to have another meeting and we're going to have another topic, but it's only going to be remote. And so we can absolutely bring in remote speakers. But then also we're going to say that meeting is at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. So everybody gets to go home. Everybody settles their family. And that also en- enables people out in the West Coast or even people in other All areas right. to say, right. hey, you know what, I can go to that meeting and I can do it live. I can participate because it's a yeah. little bit later. And now it's 5.30 for them. And when Hey, I yeah. can join this meeting, and so it's been really beneficial for us to allow them. and gives it better for us, and it also is better for you know, the community at large to kind of spread that time out, and then yeah. they can do that. I have to commend you guys though,
0: because you guys really got this down to a science. It, you know, in terms of the the frequency and the timing, and and keeping everybody inclusive. Of you know, it's it's very it's unique uh, from from, from all the other uh, events that I've been uh, involved with. You know, oftentimes, um, I don't know about Mick, but and I'll find like, oh, I really want to, you know, I, ca- I can't miss this one particular meeting. And then, but it'll be at six o'clock in the evening, Eastern time or five something when I'm actually on my way home or something like that, you know? So it's really, the timing is important as well, but you know, you can't please everybody, but you can do your best. And so that's really, really commendable. Uh, so you mentioned there are four other people in your group that helped manage this thing. I think we should give them some credit and maybe mention their names. So uh, are you guys comfortable Phil? doing that? Sure. Yeah,
3: yeah. yeah. Sure. Um, so we, we have some other um, people who are coordinating with the event. Is, uh Kevin Lux. And uh, we can put them in the, into the chat. So Kevin Lux. We have Jonathan Moss. We also have uh, Lars... Man, I'm gonna brutalize that name, like can- Rasmussen. Rasmussen. and uh, and then also uh, Jeremy Brown, and we'll we'll get you their uh, their Twitter handles and stuff, okay. so you can okay. feel free to put it in the uh, notes of the show.
0: Yeah, Fabulous. no, that's great. I, I I always like to recognize people, you know, for even very little that they do, or as much as they do, and you know, uh, they everyone's equally important, I think. So it's good that they get
3: some uh, – Yeah, and uh, if you go to our website, rtpsug.com and then you go to our team, so you'll even you see pictures and kind of stuff like that. So they're all there too as well. So it would be a good reference to link. So, so you know, um, last year
2: we had an increase in membership that kind of coordinated with the PowerShell Summit of last year. <clears throat> when, we, when, when I started attending the meetings, uh, Phil was running it with Kevin mostly. And I always kind of wondered to myself, I'm like, man, we're in the RTP area. We should be able to get more people than this. And, but I was just attending as I could. And I went, we went to the, I went to the summit last year, and I met a bunch of people. I, I went by myself, and I said, you know, I'm just going to go and talk to as many people as I can. And I found out very quickly that people are very open to trying to help and stuff. And I came back and was talking with Phil, and I was like, I think I can get a bunch of these guys that spoke at the summit to speak at our meetings. And that was sort of the genesis of how we kind of grew but we realized really quickly, as Phil mentioned earlier, is that you know we had a lot of people that wanted a lot of topics to talk about, and we were getting – at that time, <clears throat> we started getting up to like 20 people showing up at a meeting. And when you poll the audience and you say, oh, this Active Directory guy, an Exchange guy, a developer, someone who's never used PowerShell, does Linux or Oracle, they just want to come and see what it's about, what Phil said earlier is 100% right. There's 12 yeah. meetings in a year. We can't do it all. No, so we you quit- can't. We quickly transition to twice a month, and people think we're nuts for doing that, but it gives us so much more flexibility to be really diverse with the topics. And like Phil said, if one is not right for you, we totally get it. But just yeah. in two weeks, there's another topic coming. And you know, next week, we got a meeting with uh, Adam Driscoll is going to be speaking, and he's going to be talking about Universal Dashboard. And that meeting, as much as we'd love to have Adam speak on our own, that was a member who said, do you guys think you can get... Adam to speak because I'd love to see more about the dashboard. And nice. that's happened a number of times. And we, we asked people very early on, this, this group is about you guys. If there's a topic that you would prefer to see, let us know and we'll work on trying to find a way to get someone to talk about that, whether it be something mm-hmm. one-on-one or a super deep dive in an area. And that has worked for us really well.
3: Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and I think one of the other things is we, we, we acknowledge and we try and and, and bring the community into those individuals too. And so people are like, hey, I'd really like to hear about, you know, like DSC. And in that same conversation, we ask them, well, what are you doing with DSC now? And then we find out that, oh my gosh, what is this person doing? Like she's doing oh. some really great stuff over there. Well yeah, I yeah, want to yeah. hear your topic. And then they're like, oh well that's pretty cool. And then we're here encouraging them to do it. We kind of talk, we've sat with some one gentleman and he goes, This is what I'm doing with it. And both Mike and I looked at each other, going, "Well, that's three topics right there." Like you just talk for ten minutes and going, "There are three talks right there." And like, "Okay." okay. Yeah. And it, 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 there's there's so much value in getting others to share what they they are doing, and th- there's exchange admins, there's there's you know Citrix admins, yeah. DBAs, they sure. all have great content in them, and they, they we just need to like pull it out of them, and and not even pulling out of them, but just encourage them that you're good enough, and we even with our Frequency and schedule. is said, "Hey, you know what? In a couple weeks, we'll we'll put two people together. And going, you don't have to talk for forty-five minutes. You want to talk yeah. for twenty minutes? Here, I'll give you twenty minutes and do your little thing, and, and you're good." And they go, "I can do this. I can do this." Right. And so, you know, for our PowerShell Saturday thing coming in uh, on September twenty-first, and that's kind of what we're talking about later, um, yeah. is we have a we have two, three, I think three of our speakers, brand new speakers. And they they would never do anything, and here it is. And so we're, I'm I'm super personally super excited about those speakers because hey, this is they have great content inside of them, and they just need that opportunity to to share. And I'm super excited about their talks.
0: I really respect that. I have a soft spot for for new speakers, particularly like you know like you said you know they have some cool things that they have done. Or that they do at their work and stuff like that that nobody else does, or they do it kind of uniquely, you know, using the same tools, but they just don't have the the skills to present. But they need that platform, and and I find that it's it's challenging to get that platform. You know, when you submit sessions for call for speakers for conferences and things like that, you know, <clears throat> you see like the the names in the industry will get picked for. Whatever reasons, but then you have the others. It's like, wait, yeah, I know. I'm. This is why I'm trying to submit my session so I can get picked, so I can uh, get that little uh, lifeline, so I can I can improve myself and then and then start speaking elsewhere and then help other people, right? Because mm-hmm. the knowledge that they have is something that you, me, we don't have that. So that's a, that's a really really awesome. So I'm really happy to hear. The diversity, the inclusion, the openness—unbelievable what you guys are doing—and really, really commendable. I don't know, Mick. Did you have anything to add? Because I have a couple of questions. I was yeah. Gonna... So,
1: so I was just gonna uh, say. So I was looking at your all's website, and I saw that you, you're going to have three main tracks for the speakers: the PowerShell 101, basically the fundamentals or intro to it, and then PowerShell tools, and then managing the cloud with PowerShell. What's going to be your all's primary area there that you all have the most speakers? I'm curious.
0: Oh, well, you're diving into the uh, the SQL Saturday? The SQL mm-hmm. Saturday?
3: Okay. Yeah, PowerShell uh, so Saturday. But yeah,
2: go ahead, Mike. Well, um, when we when we started to plan the event, we really thought about 101 and cloud as sort of two specific areas. And then we used tools as a way to sort of say everything else. And that's changed a little bit because we added a security, security component in there. But the interesting thing is we evolved the categories based on the submissions that we got. So a couple things to keep in mind. When we accepted submissions, we, we knew this was our first time event. We didn't know what kind of input we would get from the community and things like that. We we're very lucky to have a lot of submissions, but we tried to find a way not to say no to anybody. So we expanded the slots that we had so that we could say yes to everybody who submitted. Whether you're a first time speaker or super polished guy or Microsoft PFE, we just tried to find a home for everybody. And this is the categories that sort of worked, but we don't have a focus here. The, the idea is that someone can come and not only is this sort of three tracks of information, but if you were to look inside those three tracks and you look at the 18 topics that are happening on, on, on the Saturday, you're going to get to go to six of them, and chances are you're going to walk away with a wide variety of things that you can be exposed to if that's your choice. And if you want to mm-hmm. stick just into the, the facets of PowerShell and one-on-one and this stuff that you can ride all day on that, but the whole idea is you come to the event and you pick what you want to see that makes the day successful for you. So we don't have a focus on any one of those tracks. We're just hoping that everybody that's presenting comes with some great content to share with everybody. And we're pretty much guaranteed that's going to happen. Yeah. I know what I'm going to
0: be doing that weekend from Vermont. <laughs> I'm going to be glued in. <laughs> so hopefully I'll get my my uh, household chores done before then. But that's what I'm going to be doing. So let's let's talk about... You know, this event that's happening on September 21st and 22nd, you know, I'll give you guys the, the stage here to highlight it and stuff like that and how people can join and what they need to do and if there's a cost and no cost and things like that. So
2: go ahead. Well, I can, I can talk a little bit about the event and obviously Phil has stuff to say as well. But the, the whole idea about the event was, was really Phil's idea about, hey, could we take these one hour meetings and expand them to be more? So the mm-hmm. event is based off the idea that we do this diversity of meetings, topics, and present them all in one day uh, so that people can kind of pick the event that they want it to be. Now, with that, this event is a paid event because we have costs to produce the event. We're going to be meeting uh, locally at the NC State College in Raleigh, the College of Textiles. It's a it's a big campus. We have the entire textiles campus to ourselves for that day, and they're a distance learning enabled provider. So we will be recording the sessions and we'll make them available in the future at some point. But it's really this event that people can come to and hopefully connect with other people of the community, see a wide range of topics. But I think a lot of you guys would agree with me that sometimes these conferences, the best track of all is the hallway track. Where you yes, just get absolutely You just get to talk <clears throat> with people. And so we're trying to do a little bit of both. We're going to be doing scheduled um, S- scheduled sessions, but we're also going to be inclusive at lunch and try to get people to just talk to people they haven't talked to before. And And we're going to do a, a thing called Birds of a Feather, which I understand from Phil and the other guys is something that's a little more prevalent at things like SQL Saturday, whereas mm-hmm. we're going to take a 45-minute break and we're going to throw some topics on the board and give people a chance to put some topics in and say, hey, all the people that want to talk about healthcare, head on over to a corner and you can just all talk right, with right. people that are interested in a common <laughs> topic. So, so so it's a mix of both.
0: So for remote attendees, they can pay to uh, attend this thing on the weekend, right?
3: No.
2: So we no, don't have so any remote attendance for this event.
3: Okay. Okay. Yeah. So because the you know, we, we just lucked out in that the uh, the college itself has the, the rooms that we're gonna be in and such has uh, a video component, they have a distance learning component. So okay. you know, I know Mike said that, so we're not sure exactly how that m- will actually the logistics will come out and how we're gonna but we're gonna do everything we're we're gonna we're gonna try our best to get those videos turned back around you need to come to the event and um you'll need to be here locally so it has to be a local event so Um, the purpose of
0: of those videos and stuff after the fact is basically for
3: those who paid to attend and they can get that channel so the feeds actually that, right? um we we don't know at this point and it'll be okay. for the community at large so our objective is not to you know, and, you know, this is certainly a paid event, but it's not a, you know, when nobody's making money on this event, everybody here's, you know, volunteer and everybody's doing this for the love of the community. Yeah. No, no, no. no. I, I, I totally
0: understand that. Yeah. That,
3: that point too, is that, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to give back to the community. And so most likely, you know, in whatever form we can, we'll, we'll give those videos out, but that's just to, you know, Hey, I'm not able to attend. And eventually I might be able to see some videos.
0: Right. Exactly. So I think I was leaning more towards that, like, those that attended, or those that you know submitted to attend and and paid whatever it is, whether it's fifty dollars or twenty-five dollars or whatever it is, and said, "Oh wait, never mind, I'll have access to the the sessions later on, whether it's in a week or two weeks after that." You know, uh, specifically because they were going to be an attendee, or you know, yeah. So it's so not open to the public, a- but it'll be open to. So maybe
2: you guys want to work something out on that. You know. So I have been talking with James Petty. From powershell.org, who put on an event last year and just had one last week. And Phil and I attended last year's event. James and Jeff Hicks and people involved with powershell.org were very supportive of us trying to do an event, but they were very, very clear in the beginning and say, try not to take on too much to start. But, you know, Mm -hmm. a lot of things have fallen into place. So this video component. We never planned on that. It's an option we have available. So we're trying to find the best way to leverage it. So what we were thinking is maybe somewhere along the lines of, well, let's get the content back and make sure it's, first of all, useful and watchable. And then maybe we can release that to the people who attended the event as an early preview thing to say, you know, thank you for supporting us. But the goal would be at the end of the day, make the content publicly available on our YouTube channel, just like we've done with everything else. So that, you know what, if you didn't get to come to the event... You at least got to see what it's about, and maybe, maybe that'll give you the the incentive to think about coming and joining us next year. Right, that's
0: great. Yeah. So this yeah. is happening September twenty first. What time?
3: It'll be an all day event. It'll be from you know eight thirty to five o'clock on Saturday, Saturday okay. the twenty first, and then we'll, our um, what we're calling is a security Sunday event. will be on the that Sunday the twenty second, and it will be from uh, nine a.m. to three.
2: Yeah, so the basic format is on Saturday, there'll be a a variety of events that you get to pick your own schedule for. So there'll be three tracks, as you guys mentioned earlier, and in each track, there is six scheduled sessions. So every hour at the top of the hour, you're going to get to pick a session that you want to go through. You have one of three to choose, and you can basically make that up on the fly. There's no pre-registration or anything like that. Once you are an attendee of the event, when you're there, you get to pick your schedule, and there'll be... A total of six sessions that people are going to see throughout the day, plus a closing session where we're going to have like an open panel and the birds of a feather thing. So there's a lot of content on Saturday. And then Sunday will sort of be the antithesis of that, where we have one speaker coming in and doing a six-hour deep dive on security-related events. So it's really a cyber ops and security deep dive a gentleman named Fernando Tomlinson who's going to be speaking for us. He's the training director for the U.S. Department of Defense in Augusta, Georgia, and he has agreed to come in and give six hours content on blue team, red team, offensive measures, defensive measures, good practices in PowerShell code. And he is someone that is – it's an interesting connection that we made here because – Fernando is very popular in the security community and almost not known at all in the PowerShell community. So we're introducing him to a whole new avenue that he's never dealt with and an avenue that we've never dealt with. He has a bunch of content he's produced online and training modules that he's open source for people to learn things about security and how to better secure your code and and, and good practices. So we're really looking forward to a meeting of the security world and PowerShell world to show how we can work together, make everybody better off at the end of the day.
0: Yeah, and that's something, uh, Mick. You can you can add to this because you've been doing uh, focusing more on security with PowerShell. Right? Yes,
1: uh, in fact, I was getting ready to say that. That's one area that definitely needs a lot more attention. And I mean, there's so much with PowerShell that you can do to, for security that you know if you work at a place that can't afford maybe uh, security software. Um, our higher-end security software. You know, PowerShell can can be uh, written, scripts can, to uh, help augment.
2: So, you know, the focus of our user group, and I would say the same thing with, this, with the Saturday and the Sunday event. Maybe Sunday's a bad example, but I always tell people, don't come to our user group and expect it to be training because many of these topics you can't cover in 45 minutes. What I tell people is, This is hopefully avenues to expose you to things that you didn't know that you could do or existed in the world of PowerShell or automation and the greater community. So, you're going to get six opportunities on on Saturday to be exposed to things that maybe you didn't know were possible, as Mick just said. And it's the same sort of idea that we go forward with, with the user group. But you come and join a meeting and see the opportunities that are available to you. And maybe that means you have to go back to work and develop skill set or go and learn or find more resources. But half the time, the challenge is, I didn't even know you could do that. And that's what we're trying to accomplish, and and that's the the goal of the Saturday and the goal of the meetings, is just to spread the knowledge and help people connect with others that are doing it already. And just like we were talking about prior to the podcast, Hardy had a question for Phil about how can I do something
3: in VMware. That's the whole goal: just get the conversation started.
2: Yep,
0: exactly, exactly. And yep. I think
3: one one thing to add to there is that you know, they there there are individual communities and are in themselves and have their own world, like example being Fernando, but then other you know, local meetups and groups around your area, is that they all, like you go to a SQL, SQL Saturday and you go to a PaaS and you go to, to a .NET thing and a DevOps thing, and they have, hey, here's a track for PowerShell. Well, this is I'm turning this whole thing or we are turning this whole thing up on its head and saying, hey, here's a PowerShell thing and we have a little bit from all those other f- in- industries. So you want to do SQL stuff? Well, there's a talk on DBA tools. You want to talk about security? Well, there's a talk about over there, but the real value comes in going, well, I'm not a DBA at all. I never touched DBA, but you know what? I can sit through this talk and going, oh, well now I can use some some of the stuff they're doing using PowerShell, I can apply it now to my you know Citrix and VMware world and going, yeah. oh. So that's mm-hmm. also one of the values in which you bring, and I really encourage people to come to something. Well, hey, I'm not a, an exchange guy. This, what, what do I need to do SCCM? Because it's not, not my world. Well, come to that, and you might learn something. Going, you know what? I can do the same. You know, hey, we're using this. You know, let's see, just chat ops. We're using chat ops to manage our ticketing system. Ticketing system. I can now manage my Citrix environment with it hey, you know what, I can have it do this for me. So now the puzzle and the pieces are there for you to then connect them into your own world, into your own environment, and then hopefully you will turn that around and share that And that one. This is how I took your tools and your pieces and I've turned it into my tools and my pieces and and everybody's growing from there. Right, right.
1: Yep. And you know, one of the um, big things here about coming to any of these conferences or even user group meetings is the uh, sheer contacts that you get because i i mean like for instance i go to microsoft ignite every year and people that i'll run into uh, that i might know and i might not know somebody recognizes my name and they start asking me questions about sccm and you know i've got this problem and i know i know last year when i was there it was i'd been there maybe about two hours and a guy came up saw my name badge and he said hey and he started asking me these questions with sccm and you know what solved it for him in like five minutes. And that's one of the huge things about these conferences and meetings.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think the the interesting dynamic about this is is Phil and I are here talking with two MVPs. And I think all of us would agree, like my getting started with the user group was totally self-serving. I wanted to go and learn more about PowerShell. And I went to the group and I met people and I realized this community exists and I have had more opportunities available to me because I've made myself available to the community and the community has welcomed me in more so than I could have ever got if I went to a meeting and someone taught me how to write PowerShell code. And all yep. of us have experienced that. And that's probably the thing that people listening, people need to understand that the more that they participate, the more they open themselves up to better opportunities for themselves.
1: Absolutely. Yeah,
2: yeah this is great. So a couple
0: of questions before we, uh, we end. <clears throat> One is, uh, this always comes up in, um, many different situations. What's your advice for someone who's just starting out with PowerShell or would like to get started with PowerShell? Uh, you know, that's one question. And the other one would be, what about setting up, <clears throat> how do you go about setting up a user group um, in respective if someone wants to, hey, I like, like this idea, I want to I expand that in my location and stuff like that how do you deal with sponsors or, or, or venues and things like that? If you could give a little bit of tips like that, that would be
2: great. Sure. Phil, you want to chime in first or how uh, would yeah, you go first at all? Sure. <laughs> well, the first question you asked about was getting started in PowerShell. I think there's lots of opportunities for people to learn and there's many ways for people to consume knowledge. So probably the first thing I would recommend is figure out the medium that works for you is that, Training classes, is that community groups, is that video learning, is that having a mentor that can help you figure out problems. Once you figure out the thing that's work, that works for you, there's many, of opportun- many opportunities in all those areas. But if you try to do them all first, uh, all together at once, you, you're going to probably get yourself a little overwhelmed. It's okay to ask for help. No one is going to judge you if you don't know the answers. So once you accept all those things and you find a medium that is good for you, that's probably the best way to get started. And Obviously, you also need a
0: purpose, right? I mean, you yeah. you you know, like they say, you know, someone's saying, "Hey, I want to learn how to program." <clears throat> yeah, but what do you want to program? You can't just, you know, do you
2: want to create a clock? That uh, well, so right? I have a gentleman in my organization who says, "Man, that's great with all the code that you're showing me, but I don't really know what to use it for." And that's when I say, "Come to a user group and see what other people are doing, and then yeah. you get ideas," right? Yeah. About the user groups themselves, um, you know, a lot of people have asked myself about that in the last year, and I'm doing this role with the with the PowerShell.org to talk specifically yeah. about that. Look, people should not look at our group and think that that's what a user group has to be. Maybe an idea, but you do not have to have a PowerShell Saturday. You do not have to have sponsors. You do not have to have dinner. You don't have to do a website. You don't have to do any of this stuff. What you need is is an idea that you want to share with others. and That's the mm-hmm. first part. You have to find a way to connect to others. You want to have something to share with people or maybe the idea that you want to reach out to the community and foster this in your local area. But the thing that I find that most people miss about user groups is there's always one guy or one girl who's championing the idea, and that may be a guy that's a super script ninja or something like that. You have to find a way to connect with the people on the other side yeah. Make sure that they want to come back again and make feel w- welcome and encouraged. And when they do that, the people will come on their own. And all the other things that come with it, Saturdays and meetings and remote and dinner and all, that will come as you grow. But the thing that you have to do is you have to really cater to the people that took the chance to come to one meeting so that they come to the second, the third, the fourth, and the fifth. Because right. it's super hard to get people to come but if the people that come don't come back, that's even harder to keep going. Exactly. So, so So, you know, like Phil had mentioned earlier in our conversation, try to engage those people that do come to find out what they want so that you can sort of tailor what you're doing to them. Finding people is tough. I mean, a lot of times, a lot of these groups get started with internal company things like, hey, yeah. guys on my team, let's just talk about it. And then we decide to meet in a public spot, and then we make it available to anybody. Right, right. So that's a way that a lot of people get started. And Haja, you mentioned you, something really earlier in the conversation that I think is important is this remote idea. So many groups are struggling with the idea that I live in a rural area, and there's just not a lot of people to come. That's the great thing about remote. You can get people who have an interest that aren't necessarily around the corner. And maybe the avenue for success for you is not to have a local meeting, but to have a meeting that you can share with people online at a common time or something like that. So there's lots of ways to get started. Anybody who's interested, they could reach out to me. I'd be happy to talk about it in depth with them. I know Phil has his own ideas as someone who's ran much longer than me. Another
0: important factor I think you, you uh, kind of touched upon um, is that for me, I find that it's very important not to ridicule anyone or, or make them feel less important or knowledgeable or stuff like that. So if someone who's starting out who tries to attend one of these events and stuff like that, and then you have, like you said, you know, a scriptor and he, he goes way off tangent really fast. And you sit there, you're like, oh, wow, this is above my head, you know, and things like that. And oh, when someone is trying, and I see this a lot on Facebook groups and whatever, and there are some people who are really legit where they come in and say, hey, I'm trying to do this. I created this three-line script, but it's not doing what I want to do, and can someone help? Or oh, then you also have the other side of the, hey, I got this problem. Can someone pick, please fix it, right? So then you have the animosities between Those that know how to use it and would like to help, but they don't want to do it for for nothing. And I mean, it's 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 a fine balance, I think, to try to be inclusive, but
3: yet again be respectful. (laughs) Take some skills. I think there's two messages there. So Uh you you brought up two messages. You brought up two worlds. The first world (laughs) is the person trying to attend an event and know that you know, especially if you're going to bring a problem or you're bringing a question, you can't say hey, well, you know, here's my homework and can do my homework for me. You can't ask that kind of question. You have right. to prove that, like not necessarily prove, but but have an honest and genuine desire to learn something new and to, or just have a curiosity for it. And so if you don't have that, then that's just really, effectively the wrong attitude, attitude, excuse me. Yeah, um, yeah. But then, so that's, that's if you're going to a meeting and you're going and you're, you're participating in any community, especially like that, just need to go and note that attitude. And then the reverse side of that is the hey, if you are the one leading a group or something like that, you need to be respectful to the people who, who don't know. And the 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 idea that the PowerShell community is, is actually very unique in that fashion. We've seen some, you know, other groups where the PowerShell community is super inclusive and and willing to help and assist. I very rarely have ever seen people getting flamed in anywhere that's like PowerShell related. Rare, that's a rare thing. And, and I hope it continues like that for, for a very long yeah. time. But one of the last things I wanted to say in, in addition to what Mike was saying with the serving the, the people or uh, serving the members is like, if you have a group, my focus is on those five people. So his example was, hey, Phil's been doing a lot longer than me, than than he has, and yeah, I have. and. My focus was, hey, if you know, many years ago we had this group, and there was like five people show up to this meeting. And, but that was valuable to me and going, well, I want to serve these four other people. Like what do, what do these people in the room – who cares that I could talk about SECM and, right. and go all the way down into it? But that guy over there, he's the DBA, and that's not right. his world. And so let's find commonality in what I can share with him, and what it, his struggles, and what what are we going from there? Mm-hmm. And so you need to serve your the members that you have, and yeah. and the people that you want. So if you start off with a group and it starts inside your company, and hey, you want know I want to do it, and I'm going to bring some coworkers, and let's just have a like a, a monthly meeting in the conference room and just talk about challenges. Well, that's perfect. And yeah, actually, that's yeah. a
0: great. That's a great point because that's how, uh, you know, we don't have a user group like that here where I am, but uh, one of my colleagues does a lot with PowerShell. He started something internal just within my own department, you know, every other Thursday and first in the morning for a couple of hours and book a room and and just, it's called like PowerShell coffee, tea or something like that. And it was like, started off with like, oh, let's start, you know, who wants here to learn the basics? Okay, here you go, basics. And oh, wait, here's how we did this with exchange and here's how we did this, and then it started expanding slowly to the other department at my work and we got some of the other IT people and they started showing up and to, to learn how to use it so now it's been it's become a, a regular thing sometimes people come sometimes they don't and and then sometimes people will say hey you know I from what I learned I decided to create this script to do this can you guys take a look at it and and maybe improve it or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah.
3: Um, and you, you hit all the right points. Yeah. And the last yeah. part I wanted to say is like you, your first question about the how do you, how does somebody go somebody who's new to PowerShell and wants to learn about PowerShell is you kind of went to it is is to find a problem. Hey, I need to do this. So somebody walks into the room and says, Hey, how do I do this? And you and that's I think you know. Mike said there are a lot of different ways to, to learn. I think one of the best ways is to simply have a problem to solve and saying, hey, or even kind of think through some of the, the tasks that you do and said, is there a PowerShell way to talk about it? And the question right. you asked me before the meeting was, hey, are our, our you know, your your engineers right now, they're following these steps. But I think there's a way I can do it in VMware using Power CLI. I yeah, think yeah. so. There you go. All right. All now track. you have a direction. You have a yeah, thing. I like- and then then mm-hmm. you figure out, well, hey, if I'm doing that, I can use this to get me to there, and all of a sudden, Bob's your uncle.
0: Yeah, and that's the, the stuff I see, like Mick uh, does with, you know, even like the one-liners and stuff like that, they have a purpose. You know, there's, it's there to solve something or to automate something, and you, it's like you just can't just, you know, you you can learn the basic syntax and stuff like that, but then it's like, wait, what, are you, what else are you trying to do? Are you trying to clear print jobs? Are you trying to create accounts in AD or something like that, right? So there has to be some kind of uh, purpose to, that you want to do, and then you will start expanding your learning from there. So, hey, Mick, did you want to add something else before we end? You know, I think
1: uh, we pretty much uh, covered everything that I can um, uh, think of.
0: Okay.
2: And any last-minute stuff, guys? Um, Sh- sure. I could – you know, there's something that we, we we talked about earlier that when I came to my first meeting, Phil did something – that I really wish everybody would try to get into practice of doing, if especially if you're a user group organizer. When I walked into that room for the very first time, I knew nobody in that room. And I think a lot of people just want to get a seat at the table. I hope they don't ask me any questions. <laughs> leave me alone, and I'll figure it out. And right. to Phil's credit, Phil saw there was a new face in the room and not in any kind of confrontational way. He just walked over to me and said, Hey, how you doing? I'm Phil. Thanks for joining us tonight. What, what brings you here? Yep. And it just it just took the edge off. And okay. I just felt like a part of something. And then it was easy to keep doing that. And that's something that he's always done every time we have meetings. And when a new worst, new person walks into the room, he always walks in yep. and goes, hey, I'm Phil. Thanks for coming. What you know? What brought yeah. you? And then we usually tell them, don't worry if you don't know what you're doing. You're in the right spot. We're going to help you. Yeah. You know." And, and then yeah. people feel welcome.
0: So exactly. if, you're a user
2: group if you're a user group organizer, just you have to have that mentality. Absolutely, yeah. No, this is a great guy. So
0: finally, um, how do you, would you like people to reach you if you're uh, interested in communicating with people, you know, networking and stuff like that? So Twitter,
2: email, you want to? I, I spend far too much time on Twitter, so that's probably <laughs> the easiest, easiest way to find me at Mike Kanakis, M-I-K-E-K-A-N-A-K-O-S, or email mkanakis at gmail. I'd be happy to reach out to anybody. There's a number of other ways, but those are the two easiest. Or through the website that we have. If you need to find me, there's definitely a way to find me,
3: and I will definitely respond. Okay. And I'm at uh, schlag, uh, at schlag, S-C-H-L-A-U-G-E. I have a website, schlag. I don't blog as often as Mike. He kind of like, hey, you need to start blogging. You be, you got a great content. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, I'm gonna get more into that because more, I'm more the the personal kind of. I remember that conversation when Mike walked in and kind of uh, said, hey, how you doing? And kind of, and I think one of the values is when you know, as an organizer, you need to have that interaction. But I think it, it it's it's twofold. It helps me as an you know, organizer to find out well, who is this person and what value yeah. can Mike bring back to to our mm-hmm. group. And I'd want to keep him keep him back because all the, all of a sudden I go, hey, well, here's another DBA or here's another guy who's an AD guy. And then I look around the room going, hey, that guy, that Mary Sue over there, she's AD too. You can go talk to her. And then now we're building these networks and that people and other value. And you can look around the room and see these people. And I think the, the last part I'd like to say, you know, actually, that's why I'm still talking. But one of the other points with um, if you're running a group is to – try and meet the, the, the group where they are. And uh, we've had some topics where that got pretty advanced and you need to be okay and try and be conscious and aware of who's in the room and who's online and saying, hey, does we're gonna stop right here. Does everybody see what he just did there in that code? Does anybody yeah. understand what that where object is out? He just says where, does anybody know what that means? Do you know what that means? And then right. it kind of puts, every- like puts the brakes and going, okay, now i not because sometimes you see these people with the dead deer with the headlights look and they go i it's so far over my head i have no idea where i am and they never want to come back but if you go wait a second i can relate now to this and then we can kind of talk about that and that's also been the great value with that so yeah. certainly you know my mm-hmm. um, my information is schlag but certainly you're more than welcome to come to our, our groups uh, both online and physically so if you're in the, the rtp area if you are certainly in the North Carolina area, we've, we've actually had people drive from three and a half hours just to come to a meeting. So um, that awesome. was super awesome. And awesome. That, that, yeah. that was just super awesome. And then certainly want to, you know, if you are again in the, you know, RTP area, or even we, we actually have people coming from, you know, Texas six hours to get tickets and stuff like that. So for our PowerShell Saturday, which is on the 21st. So get some more details at RTPsub, you know, slash PowerShell Saturday. Go to the website and get some more information. And we're super excited to, you know, get this event off and serve the community better. Awesome. This is great. And you know what? Uh, seriously, it was a pleasure
0: having both of you on the show and to talk about yourselves and your your group and your event and also shared a lot of like really neat information relating to community, to PowerShell and, and stuff like that. So it's it's awesome. I,
1: Definitely. And uh, I'm glad we were able to get this off and going at the PowerShell on the river and uh, be able to uh, have the time to record this.
0: Yeah. And we want to get you guys back again. We'll have to do another show on something very specific. So.
2: We'd love to. And, and, and I have to tell you guys, as someone who listens to the podcast, it's such an honor to be a part of it. And thank you for inviting us. And it just really goes to show how reaching out to the community opens up other avenues. I, I had no idea last like, yeah. Saturday that when we were at this PowerShell Newger event that I would be talking to Mitch Fletcher and then next weekend be talking about our event. So yeah. the connections <laughs> available to people who participate is just unbelievable. Yeah, that's great.
0: Definitely. All right, guys. Thanks. Thank you very much. And we'll be in touch. So until next time, I'm um, Haja Dalawal. You'll find me on Twitter as at Hooch, H-O-O-R-G-E.
1: And I'm Mick Pletcher, and you can find me on Twitter at Mick Pletcher.
0: Okay, and uh, everybody, sign up for the uh, for the event coming up in Raleigh. Cheers, guys. Cheers.